Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary, and my patron peeps, this is a podcaster who put 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 everything in green apples, not apples. I said, uh, let me put everything on green apples. If there was a roulette wheel with green apple, I'd say, put it all in green apple. You mean the company? No, 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 green apples, because that helps reduce mouth noises, and that's part of making a sleep podcast. Thanks, patrons. All right, let's slow it down. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where we could set aside whatever's keeping you awake. It could be thoughts, you know, things you're thinking about on your mind. So thoughts, feelings, you know, anything coming up emotionally for you, uh, or physical sensations, anything you're experiencing physically. It could be, you know, old stuff, you know, it could be, you know, oh boy, it could be all the stuff that's on all of our minds right now. And I'm here to kind of take your mind off of that. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to be here, uh, you know, I'm here. I'm going to try to create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake. Oh, like I said, whatever it is, I'm going to try to create some space in there. And I'm going to try to distract you from that. And what I'm going to do, well, I'm going to repeat myself probably more than once. I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, uh, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. I'm going to, so I'm going to go off topic, uh, repeat myself. I use that uh, like extra, like like words that drag on. I don't know what you call that. Uh, like where my words, they start early. I start my words early. They say those are pre, are those pre-vowel sounds? I don't know or pre pre, pre I've got pre-consonants and pre-vowels. Uh, almost uh, when I speak, it's almost prehistoric, and then afterwards I leave some extra at the end. So because I like to stretch those, I, I don't actually do it on purpose. It's just a thing where I stretch those words out, and now I'm aware of it. I, it is something I'm saying. Well, I wonder what happened if I tried to do less of that. Could it be still sleepy if I was more concise? And I don't know. So I'm going to have a lot of extra stuff to take your mind off stuff and help you fall asleep or as you fall asleep. So if you're new here, let me give you a couple things to know. So this podcast is very, very different. Sometimes I say it's a little bit different. And that's just because habitually I say that. But it is very, very different than a normal podcast, even a sleep podcast or a meditation. It's not like many things. And the things it's like are not what you say. Okay, could could you tell me what it's like? I say, oh, boy, you really put me on the spot there, brain. I used to, usually, sometimes I know, not usually, but sometimes I do have a ready-made analogy so what about that? It's a, okay, there you go. So you see, what's the podcast like? So for ready-made analogy, if a normal podcast or a normal sleep podcast or a normal thing is a ready-made analogy, like so you go wherever, online or to your local ready-made your analogy store or whatever other things you'd buy, you say, does that where you get your idioms too? And you'd say... Hello, uh, Jane. Uh, what have you got? What have you got in the new analogy? I'm looking for some. You know, I'm so tired of that lifestyle. Coming up with my own analogies. I'm going to. You know, I got a work thing. And then I got a. You know, online thingamajig. And then I got to call my mom. And also want to press everybody around the house. And you know, my I'm I'm tired. My analogies are tired. You know, I don't know my, like, id from an idiom, if you know what I'm saying. No, you don't know what I'm saying. Well, that's why I'm here. I need a ready, I need some of those ready-made analogies you have. And Jane would say, coming right up. Here they are, packaged to go, delivered, actually, because I'm just doing this. It's a tele-analogy store. And they're already downloaded right into your, uh, whatever part of your brain, you know, your cortex, uh, 
And you say, really? Right into my cortex. Wow. You have ready-made analogies. Good to go. So that would be a normal podcast. It didn't describe it in a normal way, but I think you get my drift. And then you just, uh, I don't know. I don't have any ready-made analogies, so so I don't know how they exactly work. I'm saving, my, you know, I'm saving my pennies for some one of those idioms, uh, like like because see, just tell me what they are, because it sounds so good. One of those fresh baked idioms. Oh boy, my dreaming of the day. I have, I can afford it. Or maybe one of those extreme idioms. You got to go back to the back of the store, adults only. Not because of that, just because, like, uh, they're so extreme. So, okay, so that's like a ready-made analogy. I don't know how they work, but, you you know, you're at a party. You, you Normal people know this stuff. I, we don't, right? We can't sleep. We're, we're uh, But you know what it's like. You've seen those people. They say, you know, you just know how everybody the crowd reacts, and then everybody raises their glasses. They say, let's hit the dance floor now after you just regaled us again. So there's those of us that have to buy ready-made analogies, and that's okay. So that's like a normal, but, uh, oh, but I'm getting off topic. So if a normal podcast, you say, like a Radiotopia show, any of them, you'd say, okay, that's like a ready-made, Memory Palace is like a ready-made analogy. Like, Well, no, that'd be more of like a bespoke artistic analogy. So I guess I'm wrong. So, yeah, I guess the, those podcasts would be, but, but so ready-made analogy would be like the, the New York Times, The Daily. There you go. That's a fair assessment, I think. Uh, so my show would be more like you say, okay, well, I don't know where you'd get it. Maybe you, you go to a flea market and you'd say, okay, what's that, what's that part over there that's always covered in perpetual, perpetual fog? And you say, oh boy, that's where the, uh, the, the mix, you know, the, the analogist lives. And you'd say, the analogist, this sounds like an episode of Sleep With Me. And I'd say, oh boy, it does. Maybe that's what this episode will be about tonight is uh, a trip to the analogist. And you say, well, I might go, and you say, don't go to back there. They don't know refunds on those analogies. And, uh, that person, they don't have any qualifications to even sell analogies. They just paid ten dollars for a spot, and the and they get a discount from the fourteen dollars because it's covered in perpetual fog. Uh, so that's 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 the most concise analogy I could give you about sleep with me. So if you're new, may have may already confused you, and but. Uh, so that job done, because that's one of my jobs is to take your mind off of stuff as you fall asleep. And so this is a podcast you don't really need to listen to because the content is iffy, it, you, as, as you've already seen. You say, well, he's talking, he's using words. Some of the words he knows what they mean. Some clearly he does not. Uh, he's, uh, he's not charming, but he's not uh, like some people definitely don't find me charming. So if you don't, that's totally cool. But, uh, you'd say it's more of like a neutral, not charm and not, but he's not full of smarm either. He's somewhere in between the charm and smarm scale. And I'd say, yeah, not a marm, but if there was like something like marm, like a mar, like marshmallow and marm combined. That's where I'd be on that. If there was a scale like that, that's where I would fall or hover. I guess I'd prefer to hover. If if, if I'm going to be on a like a, a spectrum, I'd like to hover on it. Uh, so just my personal preference. Sorry, I didn't mean to assert my personal preference there in the middle of a no- talking nonsense. Uh, so this is a podcast you don't really need to listen to because I'm here to give you friendly, nonsensical banter. I'm here to give you friendly, nonsensical banter. So there's that. This is also a podcast not really to put you to sleep. It's more here to keep your co- keep you company and take your mind off of stuff as you fall asleep. And what I mean by that is I'm going to be here for about an hour. Uh, first, I guess I'm going to do this intro and explain, you know, how the show works, which I've been doing for eight minutes already. Then I guess we're going to go into a bedtime story about like about analogies and bathing suits, believe it or not. And the analogist will have a visit to the analogist. And, you know, if you told me that, like, uh, before I started talking about it, I'd say, well, 
And I'm not so sure about that. Uh, it sounds very uncomfortable. As you know, at the flea market, and I'd say, well, that sounds even more uncomfortable. I'd prefer to visit an analogous at, like, someplace uh, that has diplomas on the walls and uh, a waiting room. You see, no, 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 I don't think, once again, Scoots, I don't think you know it. And I say, oh, okay, it's not that. Okay, great. Uh, I got to get back to the spot. So this is, so I'm here to keep you company as you fall asleep. But the reason the shows are about an hour is to give you plenty of time to drift off. The other thing is if you can't sleep, I'm going to be here till the very end, keeping you company. So whether you're asleep or you can't sleep, whether you need to listen during the day for a break or an escape or a little distraction during the day or at night or all night long or in the middle of the night or when you wake up early, I'm here for you. Uh, And the only way I can, by telling you stories and goofing around. Uh, so if you can't sleep at all, I'm here. The show's here. I'm your boar bud, your boar friend, your boar bay, your boar bestie, your boar sib, your boar bruh. Yeah, so that's what, so the podcast you don't need to listen to, and it's not really here to put you asleep. It's here to keep you company as you fall asleep. So there was that. Then this is a little late to tell you, but the structure of this podcast, well, I already told you it's very different. So the structure is also very different. And I think that's where that ready-made analogy comes back in because so a normal podcast or normal story structure or anything for mass consumption or even niche consumption is uh, usually say, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. Uh, This is how we're going to lay it out. And uh, then you explain that again and then you go and do it, I guess. So you'd say, well, this is a ready-made analogy cast where we talk about, uh, the world's favorite ready-made analogies and the people who produce them. Uh, so today we're going to be talking to, oh no, the analogist. We have that person's band. They, we told that person they could never come on the show. They don't have ready, they have sloppy, waterlogged analogies. This is a ready-made analogy. Who, 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 who put this person in? Oh, the analogist did. Oh, okay, well... So normally on the show, we talk to ready creators of ready-made analogies, uh, fans of ready-made analogies, you know, ready-made analogy critics, ready-made analogy gadflies, uh, you know, all those things. Holy cow. But we talk about it. So today, I guess we'll be talking to like, uh, I guess today we won't have an episode, but normally we'd talk to the guest. We'd had uh, take some questions from the audience and then we'd wrap it up. That's the structure of the ready-made analogy show. So let's get to it. Uh, this show is not structured like that. It starts off with a little greeting. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends beyond the binary. Then there's business, which uh, keeps the show free for everybody, uh, which enables us to bring the show to you for, to you for free. Uh, then... There's an intro. This so the business is necessary. Then there's an intro, which is also necessary, but very long. Like that ready-made analogy show. That was like a thirty-second. I mean, except when I got mixed up. Like that would be a thirty-second intro. Our intros are somewhere between twelve and eighteen or nineteen minutes. And so some people think, like, when are you going to get to the point? Are you just dragging it out, or are you trying to be self-promoting, or? I don't know. There's a lot of things that uh, the, the the intro naturally, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, naturally can throw people off. Uh, but really what it is, is it, it's, well, I mean, it's just me doing my best job, to be honest, uh, of explaining what the podcast is. I just never have gotten it down. But the benefit of my, like, this is where I talk about this a lot. My liability of not being able to get to the point is become an asset. And of course, I don't know my rear from, you know, I don't know my head from my, my, yeah, I don't know my head from my ass, you know, so, but, uh, uh, sorry, my brain's just like, did you just say that really? You should have spelled it out. And I said, well, it sounds more like, uh, it's more barely funny when you say it. So the intro is really, what it ends up doing is it gives regular listeners a chance to wind down. So as you, if you're new, just see how it goes and kind of get used to it. Like a lot of listeners say it takes two or three tries to get used to this podcast uh, because it's so different. Um, but like what I've discovered is like 90, 
8% of listeners listen to the intro in some way. Now, some fall asleep. 2% skip it. Uh, some people fall asleep during the intro, but what most people do is they start to unwind. They'll either start playing it before they get into bed or as they're in bed, winding down, you know, relaxing and, and, and heading off to sl- off to the land of nod, as they say. Because I've I've never seen like a direct path to, to like that's right that's why I listen to this podcast. I wish there was a direct path to nod, but every time I try to get there, I either get lost getting there or I accidentally walk out in the middle of the night and then I can't get back in. Or I say, well, I was going to plan on I was planning on staying and nod all night, and now I'm like, uh, so the, the intro kind of helps you ease you into bedtime. That's the real goal of the intro. So see how it goes. And then more and more people now are listening during the day to ease you out of daytime, too, or have a little easy distraction. So that'll be that. Then there's some business. Then we'll do the bedtime story. Then there's the thank yous. So that's the structure of the show. The reason I make the show is because I truly believe you deserve a good night's sleep, a place of respite during the night or the day. Because I've been there, as you've heard, if you've heard me say it, you can probably feel it, that uh, I know how it feels. And I think you deserve a little bit less gravity and intensity at bedtime. I want bedtime to go from a place of dread. I mean, in my dreams, it would become a place of delight where you'd say, I can't wait to go to bed and hang out with scoots. And that's really what I strive for. I mean, realistically, I just, we get to a neutral place. You say, well... It, like it says, you can't wait. You say, well, at least I got scoots to listen to. That's better than the other stuff. So if I can help you, it would be my honor. I really appreciate you coming by and checking out the show. I work very hard and I, uh, on it, I believe it or not. I mean, some people would say, what? Uh, but uh, because I believe in it and I believe in you getting some rest and having some respite. So thank you again for for coming by. And here's a couple of ways we're able to keep this podcast free for you and everybody else who listens. All right. Hey, everybody, it's Scoots. And, you know, I always try to keep it as sleepy as a bedtime story here on the podcast. Uh, But I did want to, like, I was thinking I did a live stream recently where I was folding laundry, which is not something I'm particularly... uh, I'm not fond of folding laundry. I'm not like I'm not fond of, well, you know. I mean, you listen to the sleep podcast, so you got got to be in it with me, or at least to be able to relate. Uh, it's not actually the folding of the lawn. I think it's probably it's definitely something. It's not vestigial because uh, I don't think there's a like I don't not sure somewhere deep inside me. I have uh, feelings about uh, well. Sometimes I get on a roll. Can't think of when I, the last time I did, I guess, uh, yeah, there probably was a time I was on a roll at it, but lately since January, I have not been on a roll. Like most I've just been living out of what are those called hampers. When I say Ben, when I say hamper, I think of Ben hamper who wrote a book called riveted or rivethead and, uh, about uh, the auto, his life on, on uh, an assembly line. He was in a movie called uh, Roger and Me, uh, 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 the uh, Michael Moore documentary. And he was in the movie at the most powerful emotional moment for me in the movie. I'm pretty sure because he's the one that says, uh, I've talked about this on the podcast before, one of my deepest connections to a moment in film, particularly documentary film, because he's talking about Flint, Michigan and living there. And uh, then he starts talking about the Beach Boys song, Wouldn't It Be Nice? And then the Beach Boys song, Wouldn't Be Nice, starts playing. And he's going through the lyrics. Very powerful moment for me. I think it was a beautiful moment. Uh, but so, but that doesn't have anything to do other than I've been living out of a hamper or multiple hampers. Actually, none of them are hampers. So, well, I'm already off topic, but I guess this is a good thing. Two of them are baskets or, or they're... Uh, I guess they're wire baskets, you'd call them. They're part of the Ikea. I think it's the Iglot system or something that I had bought at once upon a time, you know, to get when I, when I was like, this time I'm going to get my life organized. I'm starting with my Iglot or Illot or whatever it was. Too bad I didn't have Spock with me to say this is illogical. 
which part the purchasing or the all of it uh and for a time it did keep me pretty Oregon well no but so but at some point I bought more of them because they they have kind of taken they've weathered over time but there are these nice size baskets that are good what wire baskets uh, that are good for holding laundry uh, clean or unclean folded or unfolded and then over the past like four months, within the last four months, I also bought a laundry bag, like a big tall one from, you know, when I saw it on sale somewhere online. So those are my three vessels of laundry. Most of the time, my dirty laundry is in the washer, either waiting to be, because I don't sep- I don't really wear a lot of like uh, clothes that have to be separated, at least to my knowledge. You might ask the clothes, you'll get a different story. Uh, so usually I have three different types of laundry. I do general clothes laundry. I mean, if there was some reason I was wearing whites and a pink and hot pinks, I would definitely separate those or bright reds. Uh, but for the most part, the only thing I'm wearing that's white would be an undershirt. And I'm like, well, close enough, you know. So I have that laundry. Sometimes I have towels, which I may wash together or separately, then bed bedding which I'll wash separately uh, just because it's more, you know, it's easier. Plus, I, you know, I feel like with the fitted sheets, you know, shirts or socks always get stuck in the um, fitted sheets. And sometimes they'll get stuck in a way that's like uh, like airtight and then they're not, they don't get washed somehow, watertight. Like a watertight seal just on the one part of the clothes I wanted to get clean. And then I have Koa's laundry, which I do separately because it smells like a dog, which would be her bedding, her towel. Koa has her own towels. Now, don't tell her this. They were once our towels, but, uh, you know, they fell out of faith. They eventually said, well, look at these brand new towels we got for you, Koa. Oh, boy, she wags her tail. What are towels for? Oh, it's time to take a B-A-T-H. B-A-T-H, right? And then she, her tail stops away, and she says, did you say bath? Uh, and they say, well, technically it's not a bath because you never, you don't go in, you know, you're, you, it's either, sometimes it's in the bathtub, it's a shower, or sometimes it's outside with a shower with the hose. So I don't know why I'm not more clear with you that you're going to be taking a shower, but we still call it a bath when we bathe the dog. So those are three kinds of laundry I do. And my daughter lives with me half time, so then sometimes I'm doing her laundry with mine. I don't really, really do it separately, unless it's some sort of you know power move where I say, okay, well, can you put everything on your floor? Don't follow your father's example. Could you put everything on your floor in the laundry that's not clean? Which I actually do. I don't really throw my clo- dirty clothes on the floor. I just put them in the washer or throw them down the stairs, and then when I go down the stairs. I put them in the washer. Uh, so, what was my oh? So I've been living out of hamper. I was thinking, man, I got to get my act together. Surf, like I'd like to. I, I've never been a person to live out of drawers in my whole life. When you grow up in a house with six kids, you really don't use drawers, especially with kids that are like close to your size, except for like seasonal clothes that you that you never see ever again anyway. Unless you're like, somehow did I place my favorite? Because usually when you're a kid, you just have your favorite clothes or the clothes you've settled on. You've accepted that these are the clothes I'm going to wear to school or play. So anyway, one point I will upgrade and uh, maybe, I mean, I'd like to have, like, I'd like to have a little bit more peace and quiet around my, my lifestyle. Because those clothes are just so noisy. Clean, I say, what are you, your clean clothes, what are you making so much fuss about? Uh... They said, I saw you were just inanimate, but, but believe it or not, what's interesting is that I just folded, I think like either all of my laundry, it's up, it's not, it's on my yoga mat, of course. It's like the worst place to put your clean clothes. There's something that they say, well, this mat that, uh, uh anyway, like, uh, let me put my clean clothes on there that are freshly folded because the chances are. That it could absorb some of my non-cleanliness, or a coal might come and roll around on it. But, but all that said, I did a live stream yesterday, or not yesterday, it was a few days ago. Yesterday just sounded more 
I don't know, more, more relevant, but, uh, and I was folding laundry and trying to make bedtime stories or songs about folding laundry. I don't remember the content, but I do, what I do remember is I was folding my bathing suits. Some would call it, a, I would call it a swimsuit. Some people call them swim trunks. These are not trunks. They're shorts. That's one of the things I like about them. Like, I'm not a bit, like, I say, what are the, like, those light, light, like, those board shorts, those were in favor, like, whatever, 14 years ago, 12 or 8 years ago, whatever it was, you know, that's the last time I was buying bathing suits, but somehow I bought this pair. Also, it's not a pair, it's just a, one suit, uh, what do I call it, swimsuit, that's what I would call it, but some people call it, what do they call it, boarding suit? No, uh, swim trunks, and that's not what I call it, but if you do, it's fine. But I'm also looking for a more universal term, which I would say swimsuit, uh, something you swim in. That's a su- I don't know. Why do they call it a swimsuit? Or you could call it a bathing suit. That seems more old-fashioned. Maybe swimsuit's more old-fashioned. I don't know. And, but I was folding it on air, and uh, I was talking about how this was my actual favorite swimsuit. I've had it for a while. doesn't have the inside... Uh, undergarments uh that's not so much a reason i like it but i think it is because there's something about that inside undergarment that uh puts me out i said whoa boy i don't know why i'm so suspicious of that it's not really a freedom thing i say oh well and i say no it's uh i don't know what it is uh but i also think these ones just they're not long they're not short shorts like i would love to say who wears who wears short Swim shorts, scoots will wear shorts, but I would never be able to say that. Uh, which reminds me of the summer I shaved my legs uh, when I was like I had hairy legs already, and that was one of the many times my parents thought like uh, they're going to have to intervene on my behalf, and but then they didn't. And I mean, I'll just be honest, like I was wondering how it would, I, I just said, what will happen if I shave my legs? How would that feel? I got curious about it. Yes, some of you that are so, you know, masculine might have a chuckle. I don't, it doesn't bother me. But yeah, it was definitely uh, uh, post-pubescent. So in, in living in the Rust Belt, this is, these are bad ideas, according to the Rust Bellions, uh but I decided I would give my legs a shave. It just happened to be like right when my dad's family was coming to visit. I'd like to know how old that was, but I was somewhere between, uh, I guess I was had hair on my legs. I don't know if I had hair everywhere else, though. I mean, I had my head clearly, but, uh, so maybe I was like somewhere between, definitely middle, somewhere between middle school and high school. Uh, probably in middle school, and I said, let me shave my legs. Uh, let me see what that's like. I don't want to go for it. Uh, I don't. I mean, maybe I had other thoughts about it, and I shaved my legs, and uh, I didn't get too much sassing because my leg hair was already blonde anyway. Um, I don't know how I got on that topic. Though. Oh, because short shorts, that was the old ad, Nair for short shorts. And I think I was singing that as I was shaving my legs. Uh, so, you know, I don't know if you like, uh, don't do it. Like you, you can do it. Just be, be careful if you're going to do it, kids out there. Uh, because then people say, well, we'll never grow back. I don't know. I said, well, I don't care. Like I said, well, I just want to know what it felt like. I wanted to feel my legs, you know, silky smooth, like on the commercials. So much I've done has been influenced by television commercials. I think it was that Nair ad. I said, well, I'd like to wear short shorts uh, and have ultra smooth legs uh, with, all, you know, those ads, uh, ultra smooth legs or whatever. So there's that. So, I st- but anyway, back to the, so I have my favorite pair of swim, 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 my favorite swimsuits. And it's a blue, kind of like a blue camo, which I was joking about because it'd be like, okay, no one undersea, you know, none, none, none of the undersea friends can see me because I have an aqua camo suit on. Or they can only, you know, they could see the rest of me, but not my, you know, middle section. And, but then I was thinking about this and, and, you know, right now is it, when I'm recording this is a period in history. I don't know when you'll be listening to this, uh. 
So it's really a time where I'm trying to live day day by day, moment to moment. Uh, but I'm also like very acutely aware of, uh, even though the, the 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 globe is spread out and I'm in a position of privilege where I live, uh, that there is a lot that connects us, particularly right now. And and, and I'm trying to focus on that as like a, a, a feeling of unity, of shared humanity of like comforts of wonder and, you know, a lot of other positive things or we're looking at it in an empathetic and compassionate way because, you know, I am in a place like uh, the never, not everybody else is in. But I was thinking as I was uh, talking about my swimsuit that I've, you know, that I was joking about times I've lost my swimsuit because one, there's a few design problems with the, the my favorite swimsuit and one of those is uh well there's a couple like uh it has like one piece of uh, like let's see how do i describe this for everybody you know it, like uh it maintain our you know seal of approval from uh family 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 enterprises or whatever but so there's two things one it has a button fly which you say, well, maybe they said, well, we could charge more for it. You know, put it on there. We'll charge more. Because they said button fly, like, uh, so, because most don't have no fly. So that's one thing is like, okay, you got a button fly. Interesting. But then the top, there's no button at the very top. There's a piece of uh, Velcro, which you say, like, uh, Hello, do do you really, do I really want some scruffy Velcro uh, anywhere, even near my belly? Like uh, I don't, uh, and then it's already worn down, and then it has a tie, like most uh, bathing suits. Uh, it has no. Oh, this is another reason I like it. it doesn't have any uh, elastic. Not a big elastic fan either. Uh, but then it has a tie thing, so you tie it up like uh, so. It's like a, like a bit like over designed as far as like if you if if for example, I said, well, I, I had too much water today. I've got to go out and uh, use the wa- you know a place where I the water leaves my body. Like I would have to untie the suit, then unvelcro it, and then unfly, and then unbutton the fly. So that's quite a, like, talk about, they said, well, like, they said, okay, like, what do you, like, maybe there was some sort of uh, evil swimsuit scientist involved in this. I mean, hear me out, it's a bit of a stretch, but said, well, they said, like, if we were being honest, we had the scientist here, uh, Dr. Hans Zimmer Gorbelli, swimsuit scientist, and uh, they were going to be perfectly honest with us. We say, so you, one part in your career, you turned to bathing suit design. Ah, yes, I did. And yeah, you, uh, you came up with this revolutionary bathing suit idea. Now it didn't take off and ended up failing, but you know, the great bathing suit historians around the world, they really started to look at this design and wonder what the heck you were thinking because it's really inconvenient to go to the restroom. Uh, yes, I wanted people to pee in the pool. I was—I never had a pool. I never like I was always fed up with people that did. So I designed a bathing suit that would force people to pee in the pool. Yeah, that's what I thought. So thanks for nothing because it's just is not a great idea. So that was why it was designed that way, I guess. But on top of that, so it had a tie thing where your belly button, like below your belly button, where your normal, like, a button would be, like, just like on any other pants or shorts or whatever to have a button below your belly button. But while it had a tie there, it did not have a rope that went around the whole suit, which is kind of key in what we're going to talk about next. Because if you have a rope... uh, or whatever, a string or lace. I guess it's a lace. Not lace, lace. Uh, that was like the shorts I would have been wearing my, when my legs were shaved. But uh, this one, like, because then you can cinch it around above your hips. Uh, 
a lot of people, maybe this is like only something that very few people ever think about, just me and bathing suit designers. But that way you can tie the rope, like you can cinch it so it's locked above your hips, which prevents it from coming off. Uh, Now, again, I'm only operating from my simple and narrow cultural window of using just just the bathing suits I've experienced. So people of the world, uh, you know, like uh, boys, girls, and friends beyond the binary, and people across the globe, there's a lot of probably different experiences and different styles and uh, ways you've worn bathing suits before or swimsuits. But I was thinking as I was describing that, because they said, well, then your ba- so this bathing suit, it doesn't have a tendency to come off because now that I'm uh, like not a kid anymore, like I don't, I don't know, like, uh, I guess I probably hold on to it when I'm die. If I was going to dive in a pool, I would probably hold on to it, or I would just dive really deep and then pull them back up. I think that's probably what I do now, because I dive pretty deep. I like to, if I'm diving in a pool, I like to go under the water. Otherwise, I would just jump in, so that that way, like I would pull pull. I said if they did come off, or they wouldn't come all the way off. Probably, I would just pull them back up. And then if I was in the ocean or a lake with a lot of waves, I don't know, I guess I would assess things pretty quick, quickly. It just because, I, like, I don't think I would be super embarrassed. I guess I just not want to be offending anyone, you know, especially if it's a public place. I don't want to offend any ki- kids or whatever. But so I was thinking, though, as I was mentioning it, a lot of people were laughing because they think this may be a nearly universal experience. Now, clearly it's not a hundred percent universal experience. Not everybody's worn a bathing suit or swimsuit. Not everybody has the privilege of being able to go swimming. So I totally acknowledge that fact, but I'd say a large number of humans on the globe. And especially when you sub in like, like remember that story I did a long time ago about when I, like me, I got, I talked to my sister and my brother. This was when we were little. In Like, I'd always dreamed of going swimming in a pond, uh, like in the movie Stand By Me. Even though I don't think they were swimming, they were just crossing it or something. And in my tidy whitey underwear. And so one day after school, I found a pond. And then the next day, it was hot, or a couple of days later, and I convinced it was a runoff pond from snowmelt. Not farm runoff, hopefully, because there was no farms nearby. Uh, but I convinced my brother and my sister and me, we were in grammar school or elementary school, uh, uh, to go swim at this pond. And we were on the walk home from the bus stop. So we never went home, which was a bad idea. And then we stripped down, me and my brother stripped down to our tidy whiteies. I'm not sure if my sister, what her, what she was wearing, uh, but, uh, like, so we went swimming in our tidy whities so, so it's another thing you could swim in that could come off. Uh, and so thinking of, like, the, that, uh, yeah, it's a, maybe a nearly universal human, human experience that, that you've lost your bathing suit while being in the water. And also, it's nearly never convenient, or almost never convenient. Like, not only is, like, uh, losing your bathing suit uh, universal, it happens, the majority of the time it happens, it's not at a good time. And some of you that wear two-piece bathing suits, you may only lose one portion to your bathing suit. Uh, but it never happens at a time that you say, well, this would be the ideal time. You see, there's really only one ideal time to lose your bathing suit. And... Uh, like, well, I guess there's a couple of times you say, well, I'm, I'm getting changed or whatever, or you say, that's it. I'm, I'm like, you're, you're going into the sea, like you've become a sea being, like you're doing a reverse aerial and you say, okay, I'm, I'm, mer, I'm joining the mer people. Then you would say, I'm losing my bathing suit, but even more say I'm shedding my suit. You know, symbolically, I'm leaving behind the remnants of my humanity to accept my mer side. I don't know, was that like, was that like the Little Mermaid 4? Like, I guess they wouldn't call it the Little Mermaid. They'd say, in spite, like, from the world universe of the Little Mermaid, uh, 
Eric's cousin Andy, uh, the shedding of the suit. So I don't know. I was thinking that, and, and, and I mean, I guess I'm taking a risk here, but I did float it by the people I was talking to on Instagram, the listeners. They said, well, is this a kind of hu- human thing that a lot of people, because I can think of the times I've lost my suit. And it's always been, you know, that like uh, you could be with other kids your age and they're laughing at you. Or it could be something where you're like, oh, you know, somebody's mom's there and you say, oh, boy. Where it just falls down. Uh, uh, and then one of my brothers was saying, and I think it was happened to him. That, so we used to swim at Lake Ontario, and Lake Ontario would get very intense waves. Uh, maybe it did happen to me. Because they got the feeling it happened to me. But it, my, my brother was making it sound like I was on the shore. Maybe, or maybe he was saying it happened to me. But there's times where, like, the waves are so strong that they take your suit off. Uh, and I know that I'm pretty sure it happened to me, but maybe I didn't totally lose my suit. But what, what would happen is, like, it could happen where your suit just get, if especially if you're body surfing, that your suit gets totally taken off you and washed out to sea. I mean, in this case, to Canada. And my brother was recounting, maybe it was me, and, like, I was staying in the water because maybe, like, some of my female cousins were there or neighbors or something. And saying, give me a towel, and no one would give give me a towel. But then they could have been, I was the one not giving the towel. I mean, that does also sound like I'm not the greatest person in the world, you know. And as, as a, when I was a kid, I was much, you know, I was not a good person. Uh, you know, I was like a bad person in training. So everybody's almost, I'm going to say this and it's like, I'm not trying to be exclusive, but I would say almost everybody has lost their bathing suit. And then I was thinking, well, that makes a nice analogy for right now, how I'm feeling today. And who knows when I'm going to try to get this episode out sooner than later of like where everybody is in the world where I said, well, that's like, like how I feel. I feel like I'm losing my bathing suit right now. And I think it's a little bit more fun way to put it in terms because it says, because it actually addresses one of the things we're going through right now, which is that, uh, it's not unique. Uh, the, 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 the feelings we have are shared by the majority of the world. And you say, geez, everybody feel like, and you say, well, I mean, it doesn't have that idea of everybody pointing and laughing at you. But, you know, the rest, I, say, I don't know. Is that like the term for our times? Uh, the, 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 like, uh, and they say, well, maybe for just a sleep podcast. Uh, so, I, like, I thought about that. I said, well, I'm fe- I feel like I'm losing my bathing suit. So if you want to use that, uh, you can. Like, you can go out in the world. You can say, I feel like I'm losing my bathing suit. And I'll know what you mean. Because you say, well, it's not like, uh, I don't know how else to put it. You say, well, did you feel it? Like, what does that mean? He's saying, well, I don't even know what it means. Like, uh, I think every, like, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. But at the same time, I feel like I'm losing my bathing suit. So the essence of losing your bathing suit in that experience, you say, okay, Scoots, I've never lost my bathing suit. And I say, okay, I've got a couple of places that you could, I could give you some shoes, some water shoes you could put your, your feet into. And there's two of them in there for, for, uh, for anyone, like, like they should be relatable to you. Uh, so I want you to start off imagining that you are on, you're, you're in a like a yellow school bus with a bunch of other high school kids. You're in high school, or you're you know you, that's where you are. Also on the bus is somebody you have a huge crush on. Definitely, if not multiple people, you have huge crushes on. And you're going to a water park, okay. So you're on a school trip to a water park. You know, the bus is loud. It's rowdy. Maybe you already have your swimsuit on or your bathing suit on. Maybe you're going to put it on the changing room, whatever it is. You know, maybe you see you have a packed lunch or maybe you have like $12 to buy lunch at the water park. Because we're going on a trip to a water park. And so we get off the bus. All the kids are loud. 
there we are. You know, some of your close friends are there, so you feel good. You say, oh, boy, I'm ready to experience the visceral experience of water parking. And you, maybe you have water shoes on because you say, well, that'll be less distracting if I have water shoes on because I won't have to think about my feet touching anything or a hot, hot concrete. So you have like a top of the line water shoes on. So there we are, you know, we're waiting in line. You know, maybe we start the day off with a couple, you know, you go on the, like, like the tube, like maybe not to, you wouldn't go on the lazy river first. I mean, who are we kidding? But maybe we work our way up. We go on the team raft ride. Maybe you happen to get out, like the raft is like six people. You happen to get in the raft with the person you have to crush on. So you're already feeling those palpitations. Oh boy. Oh boy. Holy cow. Like, uh. I mean, that's another probably near universal experience, right? You say, holy moly, there's something about this water. I can't put it into words, but it, uh, and the fact, you know, and then we're moving and we're swooshing and we're whooshing. So you get to the end of the team raft ride. You say, oh boy, that was great. You're feeling, you're, you're feeling good. Uh, then maybe we go on uh, a couple tube rides where you go, you get you sit on a tube and you swish around. Those are fun, but you know, that's a kind of, into, you know, everybody's waiting in line. You're chatting it up. Everybody's having fun because we're at a water park. It's like, there's only one day of school left. And the day of school is like one of those ones where you don't do any work. Maybe you're, I don't know. Maybe you're not grad. Who knows where you are? It doesn't really matter. And this is just to get you in a relatability because you say, well, I've never lost my bathing suit. So I'm trying to help uh, distill the experience for you in a meandering way. Okay, then uh, you say, well, Scooch, which kind of bathing suit do we have? And I say, don't worry, I got it all covered. I got you covered. Because they say, well, there's two kinds of suit losses that are normally experienced and... So I guess we'll go through the first one, which is kind of this, uh, like, uh, we've all seen it happen probably. And uh, so let's say you have a two-piece suit on, one covering your top and one covering your bottom. Everybody's in line for the Purple Gush, which is like, the, this is a premier ride at this park. It's like, a, you know, I don't want to go into any archetypal things, so, but it's like a premier ride at this park. And it's known for everybody, you're supposed to say purple gush when you go down, when the ride lets you go. And this one is actually water slide. There's no foam pad, no boat, just you, you're behind. You get up there, you cross your legs, and uh, you're supposed to cross your arms uh, over your chest. Part of the reason that you do that, I think, is to prevent this. Uh, but you had heard... Uh, like your mother, before you she you left, she said, you don't listen to them when they say cross your arms. Uh, like, you know, I'm a scientician, and you're supposed to hold your arms at your sides. Trust me, because I know. And, you know, when I was when I was just a girl, they didn't have water slides. But they, you say, okay, Mom, just promise me one thing. Like, I'll give you extra $8, so you have $20 for lunch if you just don't cross your arms over your chest. And you say, Mom, this goes against, like, you don't even usually talk about my chest. You say, and you say, well, this is, you know, so there you are. You're at the top of the purple gush or whatever it's called, the gush purple. And all the other kids that have gone, there's kids in line. And there's kids that have gone because everybody's like, likes to hear the way people say purple gush. And so it's your turn. And then, uh, you, so you're waiting, actually, like you're talking in line. You say, oh boy, that's, uh, four people ahead of me. That's the one old, old dreamy eyes. Holy moly. Those dreamy eyes. Uh, and you can feel it in your tummy. And then you also feel in your tummy, you say, well, I'm about to go down the purple gush. I wonder what it's going to feel like, uh, but I'm already feeling feelings. And right before old dream eyes goes down, they look at you and you say, oh boy. Oof, 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 oof. And then they go and they say purple gush, you know, like a, in a super cool way. 
and everybody's cheering, and then you're getting your turn, you start to say, well, what's this going to be like, this experience? And then you hear your mother's voice. She says, uh, you know, don't the person and the operator, they say, okay, sit down, cross your legs, uh, and then lay back and cross your arms over your chest. Uh, and you say, okay. Then they say, five, five, four, three, two, one. When I say, after I say one, you start to say purple gush. Uh, and as soon as you, they say one, you say purple, and then you undo your arms and put them at your side because your mother, you know, you heard your mother's voice say, put those arms at your side. You know, I went, I studied physics in high school. I know the degree of angles and, you know, inertia. And you, so you do it because you said, well, I did get that extra $8 that I'm going to use to buy, like, ta- you know, ta- tater tots with cheese on them or whatever. And you go down the purple gush and you say, purple gush. Uh, and then as you go down, you realize that uh, the error your mother had said, because a purple gush, like, because there's so much water that's supposed to slow you down. And this water also removes the top of your bathing suit in, in front of all your classmates. Uh, and it, it, now this isn't a progressive era where everybody says, uh, wow, that like, uh, but still you feel the archetypal feelings of losing your bathing suit. Uh, and also you say, mother, what, what was I thinking? Why didn't I just listen? Uh, and everybody says, well, that's why you're supposed to cross your arms. Also because of physics, they say, you know, that I like, uh, physics have shown crossed arms and water slides but it's mostly to keep your suit on and you say i would have never thought that until i listened to this sleep podcast and everybody says well you know and then it's like uh, this united moment uh because your initial feelings were you know you felt uh, your face turning pink uh you felt like you're trying to like put put it readjust you know get it back on or cover up or oh boy like your own you know feelings but then you notice everybody says it's okay especially old dreamy eyes is the first person that comes up and says uh after they give you a moment and actually like you were surprised also because there was immediately uh classmates of yours you never even got along with holding up towels around you you know, people you viewed as your rivals or your nemesis, holding towels around you uh, so that you could, re, you know, recover. And you say, whoa. And then the old dreamy eyes and everyone says, geez, I remember the first time I lost. Is that the first time you ever lost your suit? And you say, yeah. And you're kind of breathless and still unsure. And dreamy eyes is there and old... Uh, you know, uh, Jack McGee, uh, you know, everybody like, uh, pom, 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 you know, the mascot, uh, and they say, geez, like, yeah, oh yeah. Like I were like, uh, then they do, they say, why was your, where were your arms? And where were your arms crossed over your chest? Like the, every picture in the whole park. And you say, oh, my mom told me to put my arms at my side. Uh, and then you wonder if your mom was up to something and maybe she wanted to lead you to this uh, uh, vestigial moment. I don't know. But and you say, well, that's not the proper use of vestigial. And you say, you're probably right. It's not the proper use of vestigial. But uh, and you can't like instead it's worked its way through the whole park where people are like uh, they're respecting your personal space. But they're saying, hey. Uh, like, like, uh, you're going to go on the gusher again. You're going to cry. Like, uh, I remember, don't worry about it. Uh, and you hear all these stories of, uh, public pools and pool parties and ponds and river, ro- you know, river, you, you like, you, you were like, geez, I didn't know there were so many rope swing, uh, swimsuit losses, but it makes perfect sense, you know, swinging, uh, just like the commercial from uh, Scoots' youth, youth of doing it country cool, of uh, swinging off a rope swing into a, you know, in a, into a swimming hole. Like, uh, you run the high risk of losing your swimsuit unless it's, uh, it's uh, you say, wow. 
or water skiing, water sports, uh, diving. Yeah, holy cow, swim lessons. You say, wow, I had no idea. And then your 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 biggest nemesis, uh, the per, you know, just like in the movies, person that was your best friend, third, fourth, and fifth, and sixth grade, and then you got into ninth grade, and then you were kind of still, and then tenth through, you know, they were they, uh, you know, there was a schism, and they say, I don't know if you remember, but last year, uh, I worked at this park. Uh, and I did the exact same thing, not because my mother told me, but I said, uh, you know, we were, we were getting ready. We we're doing the soft opening. And, uh, you know, I just uh, like I like I had a crush on this person and they were the only per- other person working. My coworker that I had fallen for uh, just like in that other movie. And you say, holy cow, like, uh, and, and, I, and I said, I want to try the, the purple gusher with my arms at my side. Like, uh, you think it'd be safe? And uh, they said, like, uh, why not? I'd give it a try. Of course, this is t- totally, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. And I did it, and the same exact thing happened. But I wasn't as cool and calm as you were. You were so poised when you came off that water slide and you lost your suit. Uh, and then, like, so you see throughout the day other things happening to other kids, like dropping a brand, you know, fresh ice cream cone, dropping an entire tray of uh, food from the food court. Uh, and people say, I feel like I just lost my bathing suit. And then the kids, other kids help the person. And you say, wow. Uh, this loss your ba- now 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 you might say well that's not the kind of bathing suit I roll in scoots uh, uh, so I'm gonna, you know I can't I can't empathize with that person I said well okay well you were I I knew you were on the bus too thinking you couldn't empathize with us uh, because you walked you said I didn't you know you you and you said okay well. And you couldn't empathize with the person just jumping into a bog uh, or swinging into a bog, or a person on every coastline and any coastline in the world, and the wave comes and washes their suit away. And I say, "Don't worry, I got, I got something for you. Don't worry, do I?" So there you are. You, you you know you say, "Well, I can picture that water park. I've always wanted to go to it." And I've always wanted to see a water park and uh, and feel those feelings you were talking about. And I say, okay, well, we could get in there. That they, they invited you. It's a universal experience uh, uh, trip, uh, and I could take you to the the special journey. You know, across the, the uh, I don't even know what it's called. It's not the metaverse in my world. Uh, the uh, there's something a transverse plane, and you're you're now. The same age as everyone there. They know you. You know them. You feel pretty comfortable. Maybe you've had a couple sodas even. Uh, people have been calling you the Sour Patch Kid because you brought an eight-pound bag of Sour Patch Kids to share with everybody. And now you're feeling it. And you know how you roll in your suit. So you're totally like, okay, Scoots, I got it covered, man. And they say, okay, well, yeah, there you go. You've spent the day at the park. Maybe you even made it through the wave pool without any incident, you know. And you also have enjoyed things and you had, you know, proper screening. Everybody has the proper sunscreen level. Holy cow, have you been reapplying? You were. They also called you the reapplier because you set the example for the day and the reapplication of sunscreen on a regular basis of making sure everyone else like either used spray or, you know, helped everybody make sure the backs and shoulders were uh, properly screened. Uh, at some point during the day, they made an announcement that the, the re-screener got a free, you know, cone at the sugar shack and you went there and people cheered for you. And then you heard about these slides they have, they're called racing slides or bobsled slides or toboggan slides. 
And he said, eh, that hill just doesn't look like as, as exciting as the other hills or the excitement of uh, making sure everyone's properly screened. We're just enjoying this uh, thing. But everybody's saying how much fun it was and, and how, how exciting it was. And then your friend said, you know that, like, uh, if you really lean in, you got to lean forward. You could really build up speed. And your friend said, I've won like nine races in a row. And I'm so tired of the accolades that I think I should teach you this method of winning. And you say, well, what's the method? You say, well, you put like all your weight on your uh, your hands. Uh, and then you try to lean your weight forward. Again, this isn't proven. This is just totally imaginary. So don't try it because it probably won't work. So don't, if you try to win a race, uh, remember this is just an empathy building exercise. Uh, so this advice is purely not based on water slide experience. Uh, but uh, And then you try to like put as little weight as you can on just your kneecaps on the back because it's a slide you lie down on face first. And if you can, stretch your body out, you know, pull your belly button in towards your spine. Uh, and also try to make yourself as aerodynamic as possible. Can you handle that? Uh, Rescreener, Sour Patch Kid, maybe you'll be the, you know, the the, the, the bobsled beast. Uh, and you say, I'm willing to try, because then you realize that uh, you hearken back across the transverse plane to, you know, those times you had butterflies in your tummy, and you could feel them bu- bu- butterflying around as you wait in line for your turn. This is an eight-person bobsled run. So there's seven other kids, including that bu- butterfly person you that uh, makes you feel like glee inside. And you get on there. And you stood now the first time you you come in first, the master works. And then they say, okay. And this was like the tournament for So you say, okay, now you're that was the uh, whatever the finals are before the court, like the whatever. Now you're in the quarterfinals, except it's like still eight, still the same eight people. It's just, a, I don't know, it's a point system, maybe. I don't know. I'm not a officiant of uh you know, official bobsleds. So then the second race comes, and you come in, you, 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 uh, you, like, you get a little, like, something happens, uh, and you have to scratch your ear. And so you come in second. Who comes in first? But bu- bu- Butterfly. And then you get in again, and you go again. And you win the race. There's like six other kids, and, and and they come in second. And then you go again, and like you really try this time to win. And but but butterfly comes in first. And then they say last run of the day. And you say okay. Now you've been you've been someone who's regularly practiced screen you know screen sunscreen. And, you know, taking care of everybody's skin and everything. But there's some skin on our bodies that just rarely sees the light of sun, right? So no matter what kind of body we have, uh, this part of our body just doesn't see much sun. And uh, it's also part of the body, you know, known as B to the U to the double T, that uh, is like a humorous part of the body. No matter what age you are, if you say but... uh, and uh, so I just want to let you know that everybody's got a, not only is everybody or almost everybody lost their bathing suit, almost everybody has a butt too. And so you get up there and everybody's anticipating. And then the old bu- bu- butterfly says, well, uh, what's the bet? Uh, you know, how about a trip to the movies or the ice cream place or a walk down the lane, trip to the duck pond, whatever it is. Uh, a night staring at the stars for the winter. And you say, oh boy, I'm in. And then you go down there and you're leaning forward with all your might. Your knees are, you're, you're dug into your mat and they say, ready, set, go. And you propel yourself forward at such a speed somehow 
that you're racing and then butterfly is somehow they're keeping in pace with you and you're back and forth. It feels like time is stretched to an eternity and it feels like you're willing yourself forward and, and somehow they're effortlessly just ahead of you. And then you're ahead of them and you're ahead of you. And then you hit the slowdown lane. You realize you've leaned so far ahead and put so much weight that, uh, when you hit it, like, uh, like, uh, it, it may be a tie, but you're not aware of that anymore because the water splashes up, uh, your suit. And no matter how you roll, like, uh, somehow, I don't know if it's the side or the, the, the mat or something, your suit whoosh, washes right away, right away with your toboggan sled. And there you are. Now you're on your, your stomach, uh, your B to the U to the T to the T, your your hiney, as some people call it, it's uh, shiny. Uh, hasn't seen the sun, and uh, you you say, "Oh boy!" Uh, and then you you now you manage to say one of the most hilarious things any kid. They say, "Did I did I win?" And this was like it could have been put in your mouth by a writer of like a rom com movie. And they say no, and then butterflies smiling at you, uh, uh, probably you know looking at you to say, well that thing's never seen the light of day, barely. So, and you, you say, well is this still? Are we still on for that? Uh, you know, I guess if it was a rom com, you say, are we still on it? Looking at the stars, and they would say, well I'm looking at the full moon right now. And then everyone you know says, it, and then they help cover you up, and everybody helps you. And then you get on the bus and you say, oh, wow, I never knew what it was like to lose my bathing suit. Uh, and now I realize I'm not the only one that's lost it. And you maybe you remember, you say, okay, now I know how it feels. Uh, and I do feel like right now, some days or some moments of some days, I'm losing my bathing suit. But I also know there's a lot of other people out there that feel the same way. And somehow that makes me feel less alone. Somehow that makes me feel closer to everybody, no matter where they are, uh, that they've lost their bathing suit too. Uh, so I don't know. I hope they can help you is, is uh, say, yeah, it's okay. I'm a human. These are very human times. And I feel like I'm losing my bathing suit. That's totally one thing. But you can say, huh, right now I don't feel like I'm losing my bathing suit, but maybe somebody else does. So that's it. Uh, That's just a little story about uh, losing your bathing suit. Good night.